Hello there, and welcome to episode 83 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, brought to you in part by our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network at WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life, and my friend George Chatters at Save Radio on the Internet. A special thank you to Greg and Mitch Price of Price Custom Homes for sponsoring the SAS. Greg and Mitch have been building homes for 50 years. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the building process and would love to talk to you about your next project. You can get more information by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. My name is Steve Rao, and our co-host today is a lady who doesn't know anything about sports, especially the sport that includes a flat bat. She's a lady that loves a second-rate cell phone company. And she's the gal who often hears things like this after telling a joke. She is with the Tree Church. She is Kelsey Bowl. Welcome back to the Sports and Spirituality Show right here on the Fairfield County Sports Network. Hi, Steve. <coughs> you're, you're laughing. What, yeah. What's, what's well, the problem? I don't think I understand it, understood. You don't understand or understood. Yeah. Okay. Any of the things you just said. You don't understand any of the things I said. Yeah, which is basically what I said. I said you I didn't know. understand these things. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's what I said. Is that? And, and it's spot on. Thank you for making me a prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure <laughs> yeah. you would. Now, uh, what you know about um, our opening uh, opener to this conversation uh-huh. is there's usually a common thread. Sure. Okay? Yes. So you got nothing on the common thread. I mean, a flat <coughs> bat and yeah. I have a second rate cell phone company. Cell phone company. Yes, ma'am. I don't, yeah. And what you often hear uh, after telling a joke. Uh, do you Crickets? see? Very, very good. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you I didn't think you would make that connection. (laughs) I was, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I don't. I I really am proud of you. I thought there's no chance. There's no chance. She's got no shot at Uh figuring it out. uh Uh-huh. You Um, figured it out. Good for you. Yeah, flat bat. I was like, is that a type of, like, based on conversation prior to us recording i was like is that a type of baseball bat used in vintage baseball not in vintage baseball but, but in i want to tell you a story cricket. yeah okay okay yeah i want i want to tell you uh, a story right. about vintage baseball I'd love um, to hear because it. <laughs> our guest today is a young lady who has literally traveled all around the world um through a ministry called youth with a mission you are obviously familiar with it uh sometimes called ywam She's literally been all around the world. I happened to run into her the other day, and I said, hey, you need to be on my podcast. Uh, Do you know anything about sports? And she said, well, I've played cricket. I said, great. We've never had anybody on the podcast who knows anything about cricket. And I said, my co-host, she doesn't know anything about sports. Okay, to be fair and defend all of our lovely guests, we didn't ask, I think, 
any of them about the sport of cricket. No, no, no. I'm talking about the guests that we've had on. No, no. That's we, what I'm saying. We've never ha- Oh, well, that's true. We I'm have trying to defend them. Oh, oh you're, you're defending the guests because we didn't ask them about yeah, cricket. Yeah, if they... Well, I mean, we haven't had a cricket-specific guest. Correct. Right? We've had uh, track people. We've had football people, baseball people, basketball people. Yes, uh, volleyball. Volleyball people. Cheerleaders. Yes, we, we've had yeah. all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had a cricket person. Um, and quite frankly, this, this person is not a cricket person. Oh. <coughs> Why are you calling them cricket person? <laughs> I don't know. We had a volleyball person. We had a football person. We had a baseball person. A volleyball had, athlete, a volleyball had, player. Yeah, a cricket person. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> at any rate, we haven't had a cricket person. And so, um, she's not really a cricket person, uh, but she said, I've actually played cricket. Uh, with like five-year-olds, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're qualified. Um, so I'm hoping to learn a little bit about cricket today on the Sports and Spirituality Show. Sounds now, good. we probably won't talk a ton about it because I don't think she's like a, a cricket expert or anything like that. Um, but in cricket, instead of using a rounded bat, mm-hmm. like a baseball bat, mm-hmm. um, it, that bat is flat. And so, got it. yes. And, of course, there is a second-rate cell phone company. I don't know if they're second-rate or not, uh, called Cricket. But I don't have them. I know. I was just adding that because I was you looking for the cricket You just wanted to lie. Oh, uh, uh, well, I, I didn't know for sure. I didn't know for sure. You did. I should have used the word should or could. Could yeah. have a second rate. That's, what, that's the word I should have used. Yeah, you should have. So thank you for your correction. Yeah, like most intros, yeah. it wouldn't be a Steve <laughs> intro unless he lies. So. Well, I don't always know stuff, so this is how I find out stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We just <laughs> bring it out and see how it goes. Uh-huh. And, and then, uh, <coughs> do you often hear crickets after you tell a joke? Nope. You don't? Nope. Well, you're not very <coughs> observant, are you? <laughs> My guess is you probably would if you, if you tried. Um, I am excited about the fact that you're going to sing on the 100th episode uh, or rap or whatever you choose uh, to do there in the music. And, uh, I have so I'm excited about that. committed to that. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So maybe maybe there'll be crickets after that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there probably would be if I would do uh, it, but yeah. I am not intending I, or planning <coughs> to do I it. I promise you. After you get done singing or rapping or whatever you choose to do on the 100th episode, <laughs> I will cheer wildly. I cannot, like, in my mind right now, picturing you uh, trying to yeah, sing. I know. I would just laugh. <coughs> like, it has to be a recording. I Like, I, I cannot look at you and sing. <laughs> like. Okay. Okay. I accept all the recordings. Absolutely. I have uh, equipment uh, where mm-hmm. I can make that happen. I can make the magic happen. I'll see if Josh, my husband, yeah. can maybe doctor it up and yeah. make me sound better. Yeah. No, let's not do that. Yeah, um, let's do that. Uh, no, let's it's not. Bad. Uh, and, and so, uh, do you sing in the shower? Um. No, I do not typically sing in the shower. Yeah. In my car, though. In your car. In my car. Now, do you sing in your car with your husband? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Josh has heard me sing. Ha- hallelujah. Now, years. this is Poor what guy. I need. Uh, from you, he or, will not or do this. He will not think about doing this. Just record it. Just hit the voice memo on your phone when Kelsey I'm goes in to, to some it. Taylor Swift riff. I'm not going to do it. I know. That's why I need him to do it. I'll, yeah, he, I'll, I'll talk to him later. Uh, you can. Yeah. He just will forget. Oh, Willie? Yes. Not, not uh, <laughs> if I annoy him <laughs> <laughs> every five minutes. Uh, are, are you with Kelsey? Are you guys riding with Kelsey? Is Kelsey singing right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, could you please mm-hmm. record Kelsey? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about now? I, I know I called you five minutes ago, but I'm just calling you again. That's funny because I don't feel like we're even in the car together that often. Yeah. 
Yeah. You need to spend more time uh, in the car with your husband. In the car. Singing. <laughs> uh, <coughs> so he can record it. So uh, you've got... Uh, Good you, luck. You've got 17 more episodes to, uh, to make this happen. You can tell Josh he's got 17 yeah, weeks. I, I will. I do think our family vacation would probably be within 17 weeks. Y- yes, there so you go. And a lot of time in the car a together. A lot of time in the car. Yeah, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. I will now be very aware of this. Oh, please don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we want it to be natural. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear you in your natural <laughs> habitat. Okay? <laughs> no. Yes. No, no. Uh, come on, please, please, please. Uh, yes, uh, I promise no crickets at the end of your singing on the one of the episode. Super stoked about it. Uh, so, yeah, our guest today um, is Kathy Maurer, and uh, she is going to come on here in a little bit and tell us a little bit about cricket. Right. Uh, so that was kind of the reason for the, that opener. Wait, um, you have a story for me, right? Uh, I do. Okay. Um, and so uh, she's also with uh, Youth With a Mission, so uh, we will talk a lot about uh, her travels uh, and her work there. Very excited uh, to get with Kathy. But cricket, the game cricket, um, is basically there's a, a kind of, a, I think, a general overarching thing called stickball um, where – I think that's actually a sport, but it's kind of the predecessor, if you will, uh, to uh, to baseball, using a round ball and a wooden stick uh, of some sort. And so there's vari- variations of that, uh, cricket being one you know, with a flat bat, and I think they throw it and the ball bounces uh, before you hit it and things along that line. They've got other elements <laughs> on the field that make that happen. So, um, yeah, back uh, quite a few years ago, uh, I uh, started playing vintage baseball. The way the story goes is my wife and I would drive by the uh, Ohio History Connection on State Route or, or Interstate 71. We would look over there. We would see the baseball diamond. We would see the, the uh, historical society. And we would say to ourselves, oh, and we got to go watch one of those vintage baseball games. And we just never went. So one day I was at uh, the radio station where you and I worked uh, together. Um, uh, and we got a phone call, and they said, hey, uh, the Ohio Village Muffins, that's the name of the vintage baseball team, they are looking for a, a team to play against. Would the radio station put a team together? And we're like, yes. So the very first time I ever saw vintage baseball, I was actually playing in the game uh, as their opponent. And they oh. they beat us soundly. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, and uh, that's the way it goes. But it's um, under the rules of 1860, um, and you know, we um, – they don't use gloves. Uh, we don't. Uh, we have a full uniform, which includes long sleeves and a wool hat. You uh, don't use a glove. No, a glove was not invented. Until What's I believe. the ball like? Um, the ball is. Uh, matter of fact, in the studio here uh, behind you uh, is one of those. It is a little bit bigger than a baseball, smaller than a softball. It is very uh, hard. Uh, it's made out of one piece of leather instead of two pieces of leather in the the modern day baseball. Um, and yes, uh, it does hurt when you catch it. We have an expression, if you catch a fly ball in the air, it's called a manly catch. Uh, the rules of 1860, uh, when the ball bounces once, you can catch it and the batter is out. We sometimes use the phrase, the striker is dead. Um, and so, <coughs> excuse me, you are allowed uh, to do those kinds of things uh, through this process because you don't have a glove and it takes some of the, the heat out of it and whatever. 
So at any rate, um, I've been doing this for quite a few years. I haven't played a ton uh, in the last several years, but really enjoy the game. Uh, it's living history. Uh, I've played all over the state of Ohio, played up at Putin Bay uh, several times. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoy the game. So one day... Um, I was asked uh, by Fairfield Christian Academy, uh, they were having a history day, and they were having it at the Fairfield County Fairgrounds here in town. And so they said, Steve, would you come and, and share a little bit about vintage baseball? We have they had different history stations, if you will, and uh, the baseball was one of the stations. And so I said, absolutely, I'd love to do it. So I showed them the bat, showed them the ball, showed them the positions, talked a little bit about it, and then I had them all uh, had an opportunity to hit. And uh, that was like our 44 minutes or whatever, uh, you know, that we would have. And so um, there's one particular thing that happened that I've never forgotten in that moment. There was a young lady named Emma Smelter. Do you know Emma Smelter? I do. Yeah. Uh, I love the Smelter family. I do uh, as well. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, Andy and Janice are the parents. Uh, Emma has sister Katie and Grace. Uh, they're just wonderful family. And I believe Emma was in middle school, if my memory serves correctly. And uh, so I had this thing that I was doing in each of the classes. And uh, <clears throat> I was telling them about the history of baseball. And uh, um, this is a really dumb question, but do you know who invented baseball? No. No. I would have been shocked yeah. if you would have known. Now, Is there a name? Yeah, there's like typically there's... A, an answer that is given. And the answer that is typically given for the guy that invented baseball is a guy named Abner Doubleday. Okay. As a matter of fact, there's a, a Doubleday field. Uh, I think it's out east somewhere um, in his honor, the guy that invented baseball. Um, I think maybe uh, the Little League um, thing is played there, uh, tournaments or whatever it is. Like World Series <coughs> or something? Yeah, I don't know if it's the World Series, but... Uh, uh, something uh, okay. um, high-ranking little league thing plays on Doubleday Field. Oh, I want to play on the field uh, that's named after the guy that invented baseball. He did not invent baseball. Oh, and, and this is a little bit of a rub with the Ohio History Connection people and maybe regular general baseball people. Okay, Abner Doubleday did not invent baseball. Abner Doubleday wrote down the rules of baseball. Oh. And so since he was, in essence, the scribe or the guy who wrote them down, yes. it looks like he invented it. Oh. The guy that invented it was a guy named Henry Chadwick. Okay. So Henry Chadwick really invented the game of baseball. Okay. Abner Doubleday writes down the rules, so it looks like he's mm -hmm. invented it, right? Okay. So uh, this is a history class. I'm trying to teach them uh, the difference. And so, you know, these are middle schoolers, and we like to have fun. And, and so uh, I would yell, who invented baseball? And they would yell, Henry Chadwick. And I would yell, who did not invent baseball? And they would yell, Abner Doubleday. Okay, this is my way okay. of helping them remember. Sure. I'm sure none of them do. But it was a, it was a nice attempt. Anyway. No, I bet some do. Yeah, they I bet might. they do. I have hope. So I had two or three classes. Okay. And um, I, I'm telling the story like I told to you. And so I get to this moment where I say, all right, everybody. Who invented baseball? And they yell, Henry Chadwick. And I said, and who did not invent baseball? <laughs> and there was a slight pause, like they couldn't remember Abner Doubleday's name. Mm -hmm. And so Emma yells first, and she yells this, everybody else. <laughs> and I, I thought it was hysterical <laughs> because she's right. 
Nobody else invented baseball, right? He is right. Throughout all the annals of history, nobody else invented baseball. Right. <laughs> Henry Chadwick did. Abner Doubleday was the answer I was looking for. Right. But she was also right. Right. And, dude, I did not see it coming. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> Who did funny. not invent baseball? And she yells, <laughs> everybody <laughs> else. Oh, I man. Emma. Oh, her, I do, too. Her sense of humor is so good. Yes. So quick. It so is. So witty. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she She's got me her. there. That's and so uh, funny. I've never like forgotten. It was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, by the way, I talked to the Smelchers about you. And they love you. Mm. And you did a, a wonderful job investing in her when she was in Young Life. Uh, she's now in college. Hey, maybe you'll get to work with her at um, Tree Young Adults. Yeah. Yeah. TYA. TYA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you can uh, work with her there. I don't know. That would be uh, so awesome. Yeah. And I think, Emma, last time we checked in, was going through training to be a Young Life leader <coughs> herself, which is really cool. And she would be so good at that even if it's not through young life she i think would be very gifted at investing in other people yeah i agree and i think she would be better than you because she knows something <laughs> about sports yeah she's actually a pretty incredible athlete uh, she is yes. uh she was a basketball player volleyball player uh softball, softball. player mm-hmm. um and she also knows who did not invent baseball so uh that's why yeah everybody else yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly uh it was it was uh, so classic what was his name chadwick um henry chadwick oh, henry yeah. chadwick yeah i was listening for the answer abner Doubleday. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, she says everybody else and um, I've only told her that story about 1,300 times. Um, Did she remember the story oh, or only because of you? Probably only because of me. Got it, got it. Because got it. I've said it to her a lot. Anytime I get around anybody, like I, I, I'm familiar, I'm friends with her grandparents. And, yes, And yes. so I would tell them, so, oh, did I tell you what happened with Emma? And uh, so it's just, Yes, yeah. everyone knows. They do. Steve's told them so many times. He has. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just one of my favorite stories. It's pretty uh, funny. From <laughs> subbing right there. She got me, she got me good. So, um, yeah, that's um, a little cricket to vintage baseball connection right there. I did want to ask you something because oh. something is happening this summer, and uh, you shared with me off the <laughs> air, and I got so enamored by what you had to say about this, and it has everything to do with the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. It is my understanding uh-huh. that you are going on July the 1st. Yes, that is correct. And you started telling me <laughs> stuff about it, and I'm like, wow. What do you mean I started telling this you stuff like about it? This is like an event. First of all, yeah, I said. it is an event. It's a big deal. My friend, uh, Morgan Hartman, who we had on yes, the podcast. Yes, uh, so She's a college volleyball player, obviously a high school volleyball player desperately wanted to go to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert. I did not realize uh, that it. she's singing songs from the different eras of her uh, of her career. Yes, she is. And um, so I thought that's a really neat concept. Isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, and so um, uh, Morgan finally got tickets. She went to Nashville, Tennessee, um, got to see Taylor Swift. She was over the moon, excited about it. And so I mentioned that to you off the air after yes. we had recorded a podcast. Yes. And I said, uh, so um, what are you thinking as it relates to going? And then you started telling me uh, all kinds no, of okay. things. No, okay, I think you asked me if I knew 
something about the fashion, right? Like, no, no, you started telling me. You said, well, um, I'm getting my outfit picked out. No. And uh, Amazon you... Prime is coming to my house every day. Um, <laughs> you told me what you were wearing. Yeah. I can tell you what you were wearing or yeah. going to be wearing on July sure. the 1st if you want to know. Yeah. Um, no, I remember our conversation, but there was some type of lead-in to like, specifically what i was planning to wear well there might have been but i don't think there was i was like hey did did you hear that morgan got tickets you know uh, uh-huh. you know her and you you saw that she was struggling to get tickets yes. she got tickets and she's gonna go and i was uh, so happy for her you were and then you were like yeah i'm going on july the first yeah i said uh, uh you excited about that and and you said yes and i'm working on my outfit, outfit. <laughs> that's i did there was no lead in i was sure? just i was just asking you if if you were excited about it and then you went off on this outfit tangent and i was so fascinated by it yeah and i want you to do it again okay uh, the so only with the microphone open this sure, time sure yes. sure sure yeah. happy to describe my outfit yeah and, but and first of all before you describe your outfit why is there an outfit you know i think i don't know to be honest it has just become there have been so many trends with taylor's eras tour like have you noticed Maybe you were the one who brought this up to me. Um, <clears throat> the fans going to the concerts who don't have tickets and stand like thousands yeah. of fans like standing up, basically tailgating yes. the like concert. Yep. And I said I would do that if I was not if I did not have tickets. Right. They stand outside. They're listening. They yes. can't see the show. Having big dance parties. Yes. Yeah. I'm like this is yeah amazing. I think they're geniuses. I love it. I think it's so funny. Um, yeah, because the stadium has uh, 50,000 people. Yeah, and some not I think have like 80,000. Yes, and there's not a seat open. No, not a seat open. And then, I mean, I've heard thousands, thousands of people coming um, to like still yeah. just to be outside, yep. which I'm like, I would totally do that if I didn't you have You did tickets. tell me that. Um, anyways, lots of trends with the Eras Tour. Like just hop on social media. You really can't miss them. You can't. Um but it has kind of become a thing what you wear to concerts. And I'll be honest, like fashion is like, I mean, I like good looking clothes, but like it's not my like number one priority. Right. Um, and next to good looking clothes, I really appreciate comfort. And so I'm pretty casual. Like if I could wear jeans and a t-shirt or a sweatshirt every day, like that's my go-to. Um, and so thinking through, okay, it's going to be july it could be hot it could be raining um i have no idea what the weather's going to be like i'm going to a different concert the night before um i ordered (laughs) um these biker shorts are like very popular right now um and like as in bicyclists and so they are these black biker shorts but they have uh sparkles all over them yes and if you're a taylor swift fan they're very midnight's era yeah okay if you're not a taylor fan that will mean nothing to you but they're very midnight's era yeah era yeah um i ordered a like cream like off-white uh taylor t-shirt from her merch site and then i got these platform sparkle keds yes (laughs) which uh taylor wore keds a lot in her red era <laughs> and so like <laughs> there like a lot of these <laughs> references or callbacks to like some specific eras of her yeah but what i love is that like it's very it's pretty kelsey and casual i mean i'm not a big sparkles girl right um especially too 
clothing items that have sparkles that's a little wild for me i also ordered um it's been a thing of taylor's for a long time to write the number 13 on her hand yes because 13 is her favorite and lucky number yeah have you you know why she was born on december 13th yes and the number 13 has just yeah played an important role in her life and like yeah, i saw yeah. something on there's like tons of reasons why she loves the yeah number like 13. she had a, uh, like a 13th week she had her 13th uh, it was 13 weeks her song was on uh, the charts and turned number one, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there, there's just been the number 13 is just significant in Taylor's life. Yeah. Um, and so I ordered, like, I will probably <laughs> write the number 13 on my hand. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of that. This cosmetic glue and sparkles uh-huh. to also put on my <laughs> Um, if you dance at all at this party, they'll think you are landing an airplane. What do you mean if? Like the yeah, whole stadium will be dancing. I know. I, know I mean, the whole stadium but will be, be looking o- like we land. Yeah. yeah. No, my outfit is tame. Right. Like compared to other things I am seeing on social media. Like yeah. my outfit is so tame. Like a cream t-shirt, not the norm. And I think you told me oversized t-shirt. Oversized t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. And I will probably take my jean jacket in case it's a little bit cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I I just like can't uh, <laughs> compute that in my mind. It's July the 1st. Yeah. It's going to be 1,478 <laughs> degrees and the girl's taking a jean jacket. I, you know, I, oh, think, my lens. I think it could get chilly at night. No? <laughs> no way. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Josh, my sweet husband, hates the biker shorts. Like, he uh-huh. hates them. <laughs> <laughs> so, they've already arrived. They've already arrived. All of yeah. my items are here. And we're recording this podcast n- near the end of May. May, yeah. Yeah. And so, she's got her July. I have a busy July, next month, okay? She's got her <laughs> July 1st outfit ordered. Not that Amazon Prime couldn't get those to you the next day. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so then... So you got the oversized shirt, too? You got the whole outfit? The whole outfit. Uh, including the, the glitter for your yes, hand. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I have the whole outfit. Um, and I also <laughs> had to order an outfit for the Shania Twain concert that I'm going to the <laughs> night before. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, and so... Um, Are you going to have time to make the, uh, what's the, the, uh, the fit switch or whatever? Yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah, right. I don't love it because Shania is playing in Cleveland and Taylor is in Cincinnati. Right. So You're covering the whole state. Yeah, in a matter of, you know, 24 <laughs> well, hours. Well, less than 24 hours, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By the time this concert's end and begin. Yep, so. Wow. I'm um, so Do you want to uh, describe your Shania Twain outfit? Okay, I mean, I will. Um, <laughs> so my daughter Lucy loves music and she has come to love Shania Twain. And so we're actually, I'm taking her to her first concert, Shania Twain. Yeah. Um, and we are going with several women from Josh's family. And so I ordered, um, Lucy and I matching shirts. Um, hers is like off white with like a black peppery, letters and then mine is the reverse so my shirt is like this black peppery with like cream off-white letters all right um, and they say let's go girls um and i ordered um leopard biker shorts for this and 
Josh has not seen them. <laughs> oh. Maybe hate them more. I can't decide. Yep. I can decide I for you. Knowing myself, I will never wear these two pairs of shorts again because they're not my style. But right. within context, they make so much sense. And they'll be a memory, right? Every yeah. time you see them, yes. they'll remind you of the time. Yes, yes. That you spent them. Yes, yes. So um, I'll probably wear the same shoes, my kids, to that one as well. Um, and what's fun is like Lucy has these sparkly shoes that are similar. Um, they're kids' shoes, so they're not the same brand of the same brand but right um yes so she'll probably wear those and <laughs> i like i just think it's gonna be fun the outfit i think does enhance the memory and part of the experience to some degree i agree um i don't think it's everything and i also have been like pretty financially conscious of like what i'm spending for the event but i do think with both with both um outfits i will rewear the shoes and the shirts the shorts we'll see they'll make for a great costume <laughs> yeah there you yeah. go yeah yeah if you're some um, other. or i might resell them <coughs> anyways yeah um i'm just so fascinated by uh -huh, it uh, -huh. uh and you know you can't know less about fashion than i do um and so it, it is a thing yes, right uh, yes. if somebody's wearing a tux you're like oh probably going to a wedding or yeah. a prom right yeah if uh, somebody's wearing you know a big fancy dress somebody's wearing a white dress you assume yes. they're probably in a way you know uh, the, the outfits matter they do right they so do. If somebody's wearing black you think maybe they're going you know to a funeral or mm -hmm. something like that um the, the, the it matters it, it does enhance the experience mm -hmm. and so you go to a, a football game, you're wearing jerseys, and people are painting black under their eyes and uh, all, all those other kinds of things. So um, uh, it is not unusual that way. Uh, that it, is I, so true. Like, the way fans get dressed up for sporting events, Yeah. wild to me. Yeah. And Josh and I did just go to an additional concert um, in Indianapolis a few weekends ago, and I just wore jeans and a T-shirt. Like, uh -huh. I was so casual. It was very normal. Um, but, you know, yeah, the way fans get dressed up for sporting events yeah, says a lot. So uh, that makes me actually feel much better. Yeah, it should, really. Yeah. Because when you think about it, there, there are different outfits. Like if I'm, uh, I'm going to go running after this broadcast, right? Uh, so i got sweatpants and a, a shirt. I always wear a sweatshirt and, and, uh, and a ball cap um, trying to sweat out some impurities, right? And so you say, oh, that guy must be going for a run, you know? Um, or if you are... Uh, going to work and you say, oh, that's business casual outfit. That guy must be on his way to the office. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, or gal. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the outfit does tell you a little bit about them. It does. Uh, and, and if I showed up Sunday morning at, at X Church um, in the, you know, no shirt and swim trunks, that would look really weird. That'd be very odd. But if I showed up at the beach, uh, you know, with my X Church polo on, they'd be like, what's, what's that? doing right the outfit says something about uh, the experience that you're having and it certainly enhances the experience yes and it does. so I, I just in my mind would <laughs> never think oh i've got to put my outfit together to go to this concert i'm like what time's and the concert typically i don't think that, right but right i, I just i was just so fascinated yeah. by it you yeah. caught me off guard i was not <laughs> thinking about all of those things uh -huh. and um i i, I um <laughs> uh, I think it's really, really cool. Thank you so much. Uh, in, in a weird sort of way. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also think that. <laughs> I do. But I'm happy for you. I really am. Because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. uh, shared experiences with your family and friends, it's what makes life 
worth living. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it's what enhances uh, the experiences in our life, and I'm so glad that you're going to be able to do that. Well, we should probably bring our guest on. What Let's do you think? Let's do it. Um, we've talked a little bit about cricket and uh, uh, about Taylor Swift. I'm not sure our guest knows either anything about either one of those we, we uh, let's just find out together let's do it right now as we promised our guest has joined us for episode 83 of the sports and spirituality show she is kathy mauer she's the co-founder of capture the nations welcome to the sass kathy mauer thanks steve yeah, it's good y- to be did here you, did you bring the sass i of course you, always the sass exactly um now i, I i'm going to ask you about your ministry life uh ywam and capture the nations and that kind of stuff but as we teased earlier <coughs> you mentioned i ran into you the other day at kroger and you said yeah i know a little bit something about cricket and i'm like hey good news we've <laughs> never had anybody talk about cricket on the sports and spirituality show we made it to 83 episodes <laughs> and nobody's talking about cricket so um i want to hear about your ministry life uh, but i want you to tell me about uh, uh what you know about cricket but before all of that do you have any idea how long we've known each other we have known each other yep. for do the math i don't know 30 uh, uh m- for, more no i'm not even that old um <clears throat> i'm telling you we, we uh, i'll give you the math okay give me uh, the I'm, math. I'm 57 years old Oh, you're old. I am. I okay. got a job at Plaxa Plenty, yep. which is where we met. Uh-huh. You know yes, how old I was when I got that job? Oh, no. I was 16 years old. That's 41 years. Yeah. You were really young then. Yeah. You're still young, but you yeah, were really young of course. then. Of course. Uh, you were 41 years younger then. Wow. Um, yes. We have been friends for 41, 41 years? years. Think about that. Wow. That is a forever length yes. of time i should have like an inheritance uh, you, or something <laughs> kind of you, from that. you should probably get a Pulitzer <laughs> prize or a uh, uh, peace uh, nobel peace prize or something wow. uh, we worked for our uh, late great friend gary yes, johnson we did um and uh it was a wonderful experience mm-hmm. uh, scrubbing plaques yep uh, plaques for those who don't know there was uh, things you would you know decorative plaques that you were made out of plaster we had to create the plaster. We had to pour them in molds. We had to wet sand them and dry sand them, and then we'd send them off to be shellacked and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the inspirational quotes put them all that stuff. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was uh, that was back in the day. Back in yeah. yes, way back. Way <laughs> that's the way back machine there. <laughs> back. Uh, we had to go, um, and we had a lot of wonderful spiritual uh, times even yeah, then. We did, didn't we? We did. So you and I have been friends and uh, followers of Jesus yes. for at least forty-one years. Yes and sharpening one another yeah exactly yes. uh really i consider you a friend um uh, and Same. so when i ran into uh, kroger i said hey uh you got to get on my podcast yes and you said i, I think it. i can do it so uh so thank you for being my friend for 41 years you're welcome um and we've done a lot of these back in the radio days um mm-hmm. and i think this is our first foyer uh, i'm not sure i'm saying that word right uh into uh <coughs> launch into the podcast world yes. so i'm really glad um to be with my friend today um here on the sports and spirituality show so cricket tell me what you know about cricket i've never played i played vintage baseball of course kelson i just talked about that a few minutes ago um but not not cricket well you know it's funny when you mentioned sports you did sports and i said well gosh i know a sport cricket yeah that's a missions fields kind of sport it is Uh, i mean it's you know it comes from australia but i learned cricket in india india very good so when i lived in india you know, you'd walk down the street and all the kids were playing cricket. Yeah. And so I was intrigued by it. I think I played once. Uh-huh. Um, 
I didn't really get it that I ran back and forth just a straight line. Yeah, yeah, that, not like around the base no, of the baseball, right? No, you have a, a peg and a peg, and right. then they call it bowling. Okay. So when they throw the ball to you, it's a bowling. Yeah, so it's like pitching. Pitching, but, but, but it's, it's called a, bowling. And it's and it has to hit the ground, or it does hit the hits ground. Hits the ground, Like yes. in baseball, you throw it straight to you, right. or softball throw no, it straight to goes, you. No, this goes, his yep. has to hit the ground. Right. And then you have a flat bat. Correct. And then you... Hit that ball, right. and then you run. And uh, now, no gloves, I don't think. No gloves. Yeah. No. No. And the, the guy who's the bowler, uh-huh. I guess that's what they call him, okay. is usually wears a lot of padding. <laughs> yes. Because he's going to get hit. He's going to get hit, and it's going to hurt. Yeah. So um, that's that's my knowledge yeah. of cricket. Um, so uh, did you play with adults or children? Children. Children, yeah. Yeah, the adults yeah. probably wouldn't let me play with yeah, them. No, no, yeah. they, they take that pretty serious, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they take it's it. like they, uh, soccer in Europe, yes, right? You're yes. not goofing around with that no, stuff. That's not at real. all. And yeah. Cricket's the same way in India. Yeah. You, The kids, yes. Yeah. And right. most of the time they were like, you need to go sit down. <laughs> so, it's okay. Uh, that's, I didn't mind. That's cool stuff. Of course, it's like uh, Major League Baseball here in the United States. Yes. Uh, where cricket's just a really big sport. Uh, mm-hmm. People take it serious. They uh, love rooting for their favorite teams and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have never played. I want to play because uh, you know I, I enjoy playing all kinds yeah. of sports. And so maybe I'll get a chance to do that. Maybe you and I can go to India together and we can play cricket. Sure. I would be all over that. I, I mean, know. that it, would be great. Any and one of your favorite sports things. are a great way to minister. They are. It's like, what kid doesn't want to come play cricket with you? Well, exactly. they don't want to play with me because yeah. they're watching me and they're like, well, <laughs> right, right. this girl doesn't get it. Right. But they want to play and they yeah. want to, and teams go all the time and do that. Yeah, this sports and spirituality show is just a, kind of a, a, an example of that. Mm. In that, we're trying to break down the barriers. Yes. Um, sports is something that people really love. They get into. They're passionate about. Uh, very emotionally connected to. <laughs> and uh, uh, the same is true of God the Father, right? Mm-hmm. His love for us. He's deeply connected with us. And when we get into a, a relationship with him through discipleship, uh, we get connected to him. Yes. Uh, and it, we get emotionally involved. We're passionate about it, all of those things. And I think the sports platform is a powerful platform uh, to open the door, kind of a non-threatening way to start telling people about Jesus. Yes, it really is. It is an amazing discipleship tool. You know, you begin to build those relationships with people, and then you come alongside of them, and you begin to walk with them. And then in introducing Jesus to them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know discipleship very important to you. Um, and how did that process get started? At one point, uh, <clears throat> maybe 40-some years ago or maybe 30-some years ago, um, you got connected with YWAM. Yes. Talk to me about how that happened. Well, you know, YWAM came here to do a big Impact World Tour. Um, I happened to be a part of a church that was um, doing a lot of the prayer process. I think a lot of the churches in town were doing that. They were. And so every night we would go, and as people came forward, we would get to go and, and pray with them and, you know, lead them in, in a prayer or come alongside of them and see what else they need, things like that. And so I, um, you know, it was then when I heard God actually call me into missions. Um, I thought he just meant, like, go to India for two weeks with right. the team that was going, right. and that wasn't quite what he had in mind. Um, it was longer. And, you know, um, who knew that I would leave Lancaster, Ohio, 23 years ago. Right. Go into ministry uh, with YWAM, the organization. Or YWAM is not an organization. It's a movement. But right. um, 
with YWAM doing a discipleship training school and my outreach into the U Ukraine was my first time out of, well, India was my first time out of country. But then my next time was three months in the Ukraine ministering and working with young people there mostly is what I worked with. Yeah, YWAM, of course, youth with a mission. Yes. And so <clears throat> we've already mentioned India and Ukraine. You were in Ukraine for three months. Yes. Do you have any idea how many countries you've been to and ministered in? Yes, actually I do. I was asked that question not too long ago. And I, um, I kind of created a little list for myself because, you know, I wanted it to be not just countries I've been to, but places where I've ministered. Yes. And I think the number I came up with was 27. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I tell people about my friend Kathy Mauer, <laughs> I said, this gal has been around the world, and I don't mean that in a euphemism <laughs> sort of way. I mean, she literally has been <laughs> around the world. Yeah. 27 different countries, uh, and I don't uh, suppose you've memorized all of those countries, but I know you have a special place in your heart for the Asian countries I like do. Thailand, uh, mm -hmm. Taiwan, mm -hmm. uh, India, Asia, other places like China, and so forth. Um, and uh, how did that develop? Because Ukraine, I don't think, is an Asian country. Uh, no. So how did that develop? Well, you know, it's funny because I went and did my discipleship training school in Kona, Hawaii, specifically yeah. because they reached into Asia and the Pacific. And I was like, well, I definitely want to be in Asia because my first trip out of the country was to India, and I fell in love with Indian people. Yeah. I fell in love with that culture yeah um and um so i thought well gosh i'm I w that's where i want to do my outreach and when they said we were going to the ukraine i was like well first of all that's not asia <laughs> or the pacific oops so somebody's got something wrong but it was really a god thing yeah and when we got there the one thing that we ended up doing um we went into the southern southern part um we were in makachevo and um they we went into a uh gypsy camp if you will um they weren't the kind where there were tents and everything. They were actually more, you know, brick and mortar buildings that, um, because they, and when I got there, I looked at the people and I was like, they look interesting. They were actually nomadic Indians. Ah, so they came from India. They were nomads and Ukraine had them basically build buildings so that they could live. Yeah. And that's who we ended up doing a lot of ministry with, which ah. was great. It was great fun. It yeah. was, um, yeah got to scratch the asian itch right I there i did i did yeah, that's so. beautiful stuff now speaking of ukraine um, have you had any connection with anybody there as it relates to uh this uh, war going on at the moment yes yes i have you know when the war broke out my first thing was where are my friends and what's happening with them yeah and ywam has a lot of locations there as well and so you know, I, I was concerned with what is that. And I know a lot of other ministries there, too, because I connect with all kinds of ministries. Right. And um, so I reached out straight away to see what was happening. And one of my friends, her name is Oksana, um, it, her and her husband had to shift locations because of where they were was being bombed and they needed to move. And their parents also, who were in their 70s, had to travel and move as well. Yeah. Um, her mom has since passed. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people the stress of this has been most difficult. Mm -hmm. and um, But what they ended up doing where they're located now is ministering to widows because that's the, a lot of people are widows. Yes. You know, a lot of, you know, the men have had to go, and the men have had to go fight. Right. Um, not all of them coming back. And they're not all coming back. So they start began to minister to widows. And so my friend who I do ministry with, Keisha, she's a co-founder of Capture the Nations as well. We um, had been given some finances and we were like 
felt like God said, this is what I want you to use this for. Mm-hmm. And so we began to distribute what, ask them what they needed and began to distribute finances to them so that they could buy food for the widows to, um, and as people caught on that we were doing this, people started giving us more money so we could give right. more money out. Yep. And, um, and I th- know that people trust us. They know we're faithful to do with the money what they're asking. And so we um, began to c- um, give them money for the widows to have food and housing and you know, blankets and all those things that they needed. And it was interesting because my friend Oksana didn't take for herself what they needed. So we began to have to kind of, you know, make room for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Coach them a little bit. Like you need to take, because if you can't take care of you, then you're not going to be able to take care of them. And so that began a a wonderful process. And we are still in touch um, with, with her and helping in those kind of ways. Yeah, that's powerful stuff right there. If you're just joining us, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show. My favorite cricket friend, uh, <laughs> Kathy Bauer. She's a co-founder of Capture the Nations uh, with her friend Keisha. Of all the countries you've gone to, which has been maybe uh, the most challenging? Uh, you obviously have a great love for the Asian countries and, uh, and uh, doing uh, tremendous work in those areas. Um, but what has been maybe one of the more challenging countries mm-hmm. of the 27 that you have done ministry in? Wow, that's a that's a great question. I you know I was um, I did a a, a, a discipleship training school and led teams through um, into like. Well, we were supposed to be in China, but that was when SARS happened, and yeah. our team had to make a shift. And we made a shift to do ministry in Hungary, and then we were in Serbia and Bosnia, Croatia, Macedonia, Greece. And that was kind of the places that we ministered to. Yes. I would say that area was probably most difficult for me. I love talking to people, you know. You, you know that one, uh, right? I, I do. And uh, I, don't, I don't usually meet a stranger. But I found um, more walls in that part of the world. And I'd say probably Macedonia. I remember a, 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 um, I remember I was walking down the street by myself. It was daytime, so it wasn't anything, any problem with that. Yeah. But this man came out of his house, and I had learned a few words, you know, that I could say, you know, hello or whatever. Right. And he walked out of his house, and I was like, you know, I said, and then he started speaking to me, and I was like, oh, I can't say anymore. Right, right. I don't know any more words. Out, right. And he looked at me, and he said, Yankee, go home. And I was like, oh. I, what? Like, yeah. wait, I'm here helping you. Right. I'm here helping your country. Right. Um, and I think that was a point where I was just like, okay, there's been wounds for him. I know that. Yes. For many, you know, there's so much that's happened over there. Sure. And so, um, but I'd never been called a Yankee before. <laughs> and I'd never thought of, never been told to go home. Yeah. And so I think that was probably the most difficult for yeah. me because I'm, I wanted to help him. Yeah. And there was nothing I could yeah, do. Yeah, that. yeah, that's uh, very uh, kind of you to share that story with us. Um, it is what happens, right? In the uh, in the world, uh, not everybody uh, is going to love what we're trying to do, right? right. Uh, uh, you're not just you're not going on humanitarian trips, which you no. do that kind of thing. Oh, sure. Um, but it really is about Jesus. Why are you so passionate about making sure that people don't just uh, pray a prayer? or, you know, uh, get saved mm. or come to Christ, but that they continue to grow and deepen their relationship with him. Why are you so passionate about that? Wow, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say 
I mean, I know why. I'm passionate about that because I understand that a relationship with Jesus, not just saying a prayer, but building a relationship with Jesus changes me and um, grows me into the person that God wants me to be. And so I want others to experience that freedom. I want other people to experience that passion. I want other people to experience that that love that only comes from him. You can't get it from anything else. It doesn't it doesn't happen. And I have experienced that and so I I feel like it's my job to pass it on, right? And I, I mean I, I, that's what we're called to do. Yep. I, you know, everything else will burn. But this is what is going to last forever. Yeah. And so I want to do something that's going to last forever. And that's, you know, and I, I, yeah. So uh, this is my avenue for doing that is yes. through missions. And, and I've been called into other countries um, to do that. And I do that in my own country as well. I'm not, not, but this is where my calling is. Yeah. is to go and pass it on there. Well, I think we all have been given a gift. Uh, we interview lots of athletes, right? And some are gifted to play volleyball, and some are gifted to play basketball, and some uh, you know couldn't hit a tennis ball straight <laughs> if it, you know the life depended on. Uh, but others are just awesome at right. We all have different giftings, yes. and we're not all called uh, to go uh, to India no. or Serbia or no. uh, Ukraine or Macedonia. Uh, we're not all called to do that. No. Some are. Yes. Whatever God's called you to do, you go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kathy Maurer has been called to capture the nations mm-hmm. um, and to connect in those ways. And uh, you've done a tremendous job of that. And I think it is an important step uh, in the process uh, to be able to share something that will last forever. Mm-hmm. The person, uh, well, uh, in the Bible, the, the oldest person was, was Methuselah, the oldest recorded person, 969 years old. But he eventually died. Actually, I believe died the year of the flood. Uh, so uh, <coughs> he eventually died. Right. Uh, we're all eventually going to die. It doesn't matter how long you live. Right. And so what can we do to do something that will last forever? And we know the word of God, the spirit of God lasts forever. I know you also have a passion for making sure that the word of God that doesn't return mm-hmm. void but will accomplish what it was intended to accomplish uh, needs to get into uh, the um, hearts, lives, and ears of uh, those in um, uh, everybody around the world. So how uh, do you partner with people to make that happen? Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that, um, yeah, I, I mean, many people around the world, they don't read. They're not, there's, they're not able to read. Yeah. And, um so getting the ha- getting audio yeah. Bible into yeah. people's hands is really important. And it's interesting. I haven't really begun to do that again yet. Um, I was doing that when I, about in 2011 till about 2015. I was helping load Audi Bibles, you know, Bibles that the word was on a little disc and it was put into a machine. Yep. A little, looks like your cell phone. Right. And um, solar powered and, um, and then people were able to hear the word in their language and um and so that um is a part of what i hope to be doing more of in the future i don't know how that connects yet Uh um still sorting out all the pieces but that's a part of my heart is for people because if they you know i i can talk so long but they really need to hear the word and um you know we we all need to be 
you know, reading our word, right? Yes. Or, or listening to it, whatever, yes. whatever way you choose to do it. Correct. The, you know, we need to get it in uh, because when things become a part of who we are, that's when it comes out. You know, I sat here with you a little bit ago, and you were quoting scriptures like they were on, like they were already written in front of you, and yet you had nothing in front of you, and you were just able to quote those. And I think that's really important because I think there is coming a day when we will not have our Bibles in our hands. Yeah. So it needs to be in our heart, in our heads. Uh, great point that you make. Uh, I love saying we got to get into the Word so that the, the Word, word can get into, into us, us yes, right? Exactly. And when it does, now we've got it. Yes. Uh, you probably seen the movie, um, the Book of Eli. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, it's just a powerful, powerful movie. It's a, uh, <clears throat> I just really uh, get super excited when I think about it. Um, and it is about um, you know getting the Word of God mm-hmm. in you because mm-hmm. the, the the day uh, could come where we're not going to have audio access or paper access, we had better have it in our heart, our mind, and our spirit because mm-hmm. it will sustain us for the future. So you recently made a change from kind of a, a YWAM employee um, to capture the nations. Um, why did you make that switch? Well, you know, I one of the things that I've been doing for many years is I've served many organizations. And um, I was serving with Coaching Mission International, which was birthed out of a need in YWAM and then became its own organization. Um, then through that, I've been meeting with many people, uh, women in particular, who have connected me to different um, ministry needs in the world and and their their own ministry needs as, as well. And through that, God just kind of started filling my basket with these things and saying, yeah. okay, here's something and here's something and here's something. And these things have been a side, a side hustle, if you will. Uh-huh. And, and I, f- I know he shared with me that this is no longer to be the side hustle. This is to be what you do. Yes. And so I'm just walking in obedience to that. And, and every step that, you know, I had no intentions of starting a 501 LLC, all right. those kind of things. That wasn't, you know, I'm just like, Let's just do this. Right. Um, little did I know he, the, some of the people that um, we were communicating with saw this as a bigger thing and said, you need a 501. And I said, well, you need money to do a 501. And this lady in particular said, I got the money right. and I know how to write it. And this is big. Yeah. Now, do I see this as big? I, I hadn't right. until people started speaking it. And I don't know what big means. And uh-huh. I'm not a numbers person. Uh-huh. I don't go, you know. 20,000 people got saved or or this kind of thing. I love when people get baptized and you can say, you know, 200 people got baptized today. That's awesome. But it's not where I live. I want to see people being touched one heart at a time. And that's kind of our tagline. And so, um, so what, however I can do that through coming alongside of women on the field that are doing ministry with, um, whether it's kids or helping people get out of, um, trafficking and things like that i have tools that i've been given for the last 23 years of my life i've been learning i understand cross-cultural i've lived that way i sometimes i don't understand my world when i come back here yes and so i um you know you know that whole alien thing i do sometimes feel like an alien when i come correct and so i have things that i can offer because of my experience along the way, because of the giftings God has given me, and I want to be able to use those, and you know, until He calls me home, and so, um, so capture the nations happened from that, those things that He began to reveal. Yeah, 
And it seems to me that you have a real passion for women. Um, you're you're not a uh, I don't know, a women's lip person no. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Uh, no, but you you understand. You know, you and I I think have had this conversation before. The most liberating person to women uh, who's ever lived is Jesus Christ. Right, right. Uh, he uh, he invited women in to the process in a time and a culture when that was taboo. Exactly, uh, women were property; they were they were less than important. Yeah. Right, but Jesus said, "No, they are equally important." Um, and <laughs> so he lived that way and led that way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, wh- what uh, steps are you? hoping to take or continuing to take to make sure that women get the value and the tools they need to be the disciples that God's called them to be and to disciple others. Whoa, that's that's huge. That feels like a lot I'm doing here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think one of the things is, is that I, I'm a networker, and so I have a network of women that I know that are doing powerful ministry that... Um, I'll be able to call on to bring into these areas that God is asking me to minister in. My team, Keisha and I, uh, that's the team right now, but he's calling more into that team and he's building it. And so, um, you know, it's like you and I talked earlier, you know, it's not about disempowering one person or a gender and empowering another. It's not disempowering men to empower women. It's about empowering women. Yes, it is. So that they can do what God has called them to do. They have a calling and they, you know, when you when you empower a woman, you empower a whole entire house, yep. family, village, yep. neighbors. That's you know that's who they reach. Correct. And so um, that's the heart behind that is yeah. to come alongside and f- and find out what th- what do they need to be able to do what they what they have been called to do. Yes. And really just coming alongside of them and and if I don't have it, then I. I guarantee you I know somebody who does. Yeah. That can come. Beautiful. That networking thing so important. We're just about out of time. If folks yes. would like to support the Capture the Nation's ministry uh, with uh, Kathy and Keisha, what's the best way for them to do that? They can go to our website, CaptureTheNations.com, and we have a give page there that they can connect with. There's also uh, on there, um, uh, they can click a button if they want to talk more, hear more about what we're doing. Um, we can set up a call, uh, we, you, whatever they need from us to be able to hear more about what they can get behind. Um, we'd be happy to share it. That's great. Capture the nations one heart at a time. Kathy Maurer, one of the co-founders of Capture the Nation. I was intrigued by this tagline at the bottom of your card you handed to me. A single person's fulfilled destiny can determine the eternal destiny of billions of people. I found that to be unique because I think you're single. Um, and so uh, you and I have had this uh, tradition for yes. oh, about 20 years or so. I knew it was coming. Yes, I have to ask you, how are you doing uh, in the dating world? How am I? I'm probably better than most people in the dating world because yes. I'm not. <laughs> uh, All no. right. I am. Uh, I am. I am loving Jesus. Very good. Now, do uh, do people uh, can they g- get your application to, uh, for dating also on the website <laughs> capturethenations.com or no? If they could keep up with me, uh-huh. give it a try. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> now, that is very true. Uh, Kathy has literally been around the world and back, and around the world again, uh, and uh, back now. But 
going to be heading out again. Exactly. Uh, it is tremendous work you're doing. Uh, we're very Thanks, proud of Steve. you here Thank in you. Central Ohio. Um, uh, I love it that Kathy's my friend. Um, uh, I consider it a real privilege to partner with you in ministry uh, in lots of different ways. Yeah. And uh, we trust the Lord's blessing on you and Keisha, uh, and the entire Capture the Nations ministry that God's called you to do. Great. Thank you so much. You are welcome. That's going to wrap up Episode 83 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to our friends Greg and Mitch Price of Price Custom Homes for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. You can get more information by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. They've been helping you build homes beginning middle and end of that process for 50 years and they would love to help you today for kelsey bull i'm steve rao our guest kathy mauer thanks for joining us for this episode we look forward to you joining us next time for the sports and spirituality show